you know what this means? It means I am a member of a clique. Let me ask you this. Okay. Do we look like the types who arrest you? Not at all. Right. Exactly. You're not the bad guys. We are. Blood and Thunder podcast. My name is Tom Savage. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, this Blood and Thunder podcast is brought to you by NTES. What do they do? Well, you can find out by going to nties.com. But what they really excel at is providing extensive IT solutions in response to the complex world and demands that SMEs, hotels, schools, and large corporations have. They have fantastic technical support. Uh, they will look project manage your IT project uh, and they will deal with your hardware and software. Um, they are a fantastic company to deal with with regards to getting your IT systems sorted out and they sponsor TRK Premium uh, and I couldn't do it without them and I couldn't do it without you either, uh, the subscribers, honestly. The last couple of weeks have been just, um, you know, when you're kind of in the first couple of months of parenthood, you do really appreciate your job. And my job is creating content for you, the person listening to this. So I really do appreciate your support and uh, your continued support really is something I can't really ever truly get my full gratitude over to you. This is a big game. We're in round number 18 of the URC2 season. Um... It feels like this year has flew. And I know that's because of my own personal circumstances. But when you look back at how fresh, I think, even that Parky Queeve game is in my mind, um, it's kind of hard to believe that we are where we are now, you know, in, in April. And we're kind of heading towards the end of April. This is a big, big game. Uh, it is in King's Hollywood Bet, or Hollywood Bet King's Park in Durban. The scene where we have been very, very recently for... A damaging exit from the European Cup um, at the hands of this very team and you look at what Munster have to do and I think this kind of also relates to myself here in that I know what Munster need to do to change around this game the reason why I didn't do a red eye for this game was uh, or a traditional red eye was because I've already covered exactly what I feel Munster need to do to beat the Sharks consistently and we just didn't manage to do that last time out. Um, so, like, what has changed that would, you know, warrant writing another 1,500-word article? Nothing. Um, the Sharks are an excellent team. They're an excellent team, by the way, that is loaded up for this one. Um, they understand the, the relevance of this game as well. A few people have been talking and asking me about what do Munster need to do to win this and, um, you know, like as in to, to not just win this game, but to, to qualify for the Champions Cup. At the moment, one point will do it, as far as I'm aware. 
that will put us beyond the range of both Bulls and Connacht, as far as I'm aware. Um, but Connacht and Glasgow play each other. I'm not sure if there's a scenario. I've seen it online. I'm not sure. Looking at the regs, I think it comes down to if, if teams are tied on points, which we would have to do if we were going to tie with, with, with Glasgow. I think it comes down to wins, which means that if Munster were to get a you know a, a win a, a bonus with a bonus point here five points, and Glasgow were to lose with nothing, I think that by the fact that they will have more wins than us, I think that means that we can't actually qualify for a home quarter final. As far as I'm aware, I was looking at the regs the other day and saw that it, they they sorted by wins first, um, which would make it you know impossible for Munster to make up that gap, but. Um, there's still the business of nailing down a home quarter final, and that's the or uh, nailing down a Champions Cup spot rather, and I think that's the big business here because while it's I won't say unlikely, there's a lot of things that have to happen um, for Munster to miss out on that spot as of now, but you never want to leave that stuff up to chance. Um, you know, the big game from a Munster perspective is the Glasgow game. Um, but, but you know, Glasgow and, and Connacht. But for Munster's perspective, one losing bonus point or whatever it is, that will do the job to put us into a place where we can't be caught by the Welsh Shield, who have to, you know, if they don't finish in the top eight, the, whoever finishes top of the Welsh Shield will, will get a European Cup spot, which doesn't seem fair, but that's the, the tournament we're in for the moment. Um, they will look to change that, I feel. Uh, next season I think they're having a vote on it to get rid of the shield system altogether um, as a vehicle for qualifying um, for the European Cup because at the moment it's kind of putting in um, a poor enough Welsh team into the European Cup who at the moment none of the Welsh teams really seem that equipped to be even vaguely competitive in Europe at the moment but look that's a story for another day Um, whoever finishes top of that will Go, uh, we'll we'll get that your European spot. So that means top seven is where you need to be to be sure, because it's the winners of the four shields that qualify plus the next best four. So um, if you're looking at the top seven, that's where you need to be. But then you're looking at the other equation, which is Glasgow and Scarlets are in the, and I think Benetton as well are in the um, Challenge Cup and they are playing semi-finals. If one of those teams wins, be it Scarlets or Benetton, that could mean that it's that seven spot is gone because they'll qualify for the Champions Cup if they win the uh, the Challenge Cup. So that means top six is where you have to be sure. That's where you, you kind of looked at, you can't really afford to finish lower than sixth without looking over your shoulder at you know, challenge cup games or whatever else when you might be on the piss on a Friday night, you would want to be looking to see, God, I hope to God, Benetton, <laughs> don't win this. Or, you know, you're rooting for Toulon, for the love of God. But that's the, the equation as it stands. One bonus point from Munster will take us out of the range of finishing lower than sixth. So tries obviously are of huge importance here for Munster. Looking at the last result that we had against uh, the Sharks, we would have got a losing bonus point. But we also lost that game by 15 points and conceded 50. So that's um, not something we want to repeat here for any number of reasons. So like I suppose the inter- interesting thing about this game is is that having covered the Sharks so recently, you know, there's lots that you could look at to say, well, you know, 
what did they do so well in that game what did we do so poorly and how can we reverse that um to do that we've got to look at the Sharks team I said they loaded they loaded up they have loaded up here uh, let's look at their front row Oxen Che Bongi and Bonambi and Thomas the Toy big heavy scrummagers dangerous guys they're on the rock they, they will win their possession they will make it very difficult for you to secure your rocks in any sort of multi-phase system not just with how hard they hit you because they do hit you hard but in the conditions, you don't really want to be taken on because it's due to be a sweaty enough evening there. Now, it is taking place in the evening, which means that maybe it'll be a little bit cooler. There won't be as much direct sunshine as what there was um, uh, in the last game, which made it very, very difficult, having spoken to a few, a few lads involved, um, that it was just very difficult physically to play in it, just exhausting with the heat and the humidity. Uh, and the direct sunlight as well was quite a challenge. Like You can deal with the humidity almost, when it's the mixed with the direct sunlight or direct sun as well, like a hot sun, that adds a lot of um, challenges to managing that game from a cardio perspective. Um, and the last thing you want to be doing is running into very large men, and they are very large men in that front five. Now, the Sharks have started to pick up a few injuries in the second row. We know all about that in Munster. Um, even Estebet is out. Uh, the guy who replaced him off the bench last week is out or two weeks ago is out and they brought in uh, Giandre uh, Labuschagne and he partners Herbrandt Hrobler I wouldn't worry too much about these guys you're thinking oh, well, like, do they have to bring in some smaller guys you'd be surprised to say um, that I'm going to say no they haven't brought in a whole ton of smaller guys now he is a little bit inexperienced um, he's not as big as we'll say a, um, even Estebet for example but I look, I look at the balance of that Sharks pack in their back five. It doesn't make that much of a difference to them, really. You look at their physicality, the guys they have available to them. They're essentially still playing with three locks anyway. So, you know, they, they won't want for physicality. And we looked last time out, they put Vincent, Vincent uh, Shitsuka, who's playing in this game as well, they put him into the second row after they lost Etzebeth and the replacement for him last time out to injury. And they were still pushing us over in the mall. So like that'll give you an idea as to the power that this team have. And yeah, look, they get a little bit of experience on the bench there. You know, you look at not not in the front row. They've got Van Vuren, uh Machunu, they have Carlo Sadi, uh Reniel Hugo, uh Pepsi Butelezi, Cameron Wright, Rohan Jans van Rensburg, who's recovered from injury, and Afa um Fassi, um, who's back after a period of injury as well. Um, so look, they do. They are going into the layers a little bit. Um, they've got uh, what's his Reniel Hugo, um, who's thirty-two, former Cheetahs player, I think. Again, not the biggest man going, but we're talking about relatively speaking here. You know, um, they don't have a massive amount of depth. They have a lot of players who kind of have a, kind of a mixed utility where they they can play in a number of different spots. Like I mean, Vincent uh, Shitsuka, I think will more or less play like a lock in this game anyway, but. You look at their their overall pack, not that much has changed from last time out. They've still got a very heavy front row. Their front row replacement is very good as well. Um, you might say they're a little bit weaker in the back uh, back five, but I wouldn't say by much, you know. So like the, the challenge for Munster physically is still going to be there. That's going to be a massive a massive ask, you know, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with these guys, especially missing RG Stamen as we are because of a brain injury. Um, so yeah, looking at the back line, Grant Williams, Corwin Bosch, Grant Williams, man, 
is fucking fast. I was watching him last weekend, the URC game. He is unbelievably quick. Just his ability to accelerate looks like a video game. Um, so he's a dangerous guy the minute the, the Sharks get any sort of purchase outside. If they, get, if they get outside and look to trot any pass inside, if Williams gets that pass, it's gone. That's a try. So like for Munster, keeping a hand on the Sharks outside edge is going to be very, very important. That means stressing the likes of Williams from a passing perspective and Kerwin Bosch from a game management perspective, which we didn't really manage to do at all last time out. And I think that part of that comes down to, again, our inability to control possession. Um, little bits and pieces you pick up on Access Monster, right? It's a great, it, like, it's a great service. Like the videos and content that I've watched this, like this year, there, like, it's one of the, some of the best rugby content out there with regards to you're looking at official behind the scenes stuff. It really is very, very good. But some of the stuff in the dressing room is very interesting as well. There's such a focus put on possession, as in keeping hold of the ball managing it what we do when we do it well is we have a lot of phases we have a lot of possession the cardio we're building up is to maintain that right we're still in a sort of a building phase where we're sort of like i said year one of a project where you add bits and pieces every preseason to get where you want to go possession is a huge part of what we're doing we're not an off ball team so like you look at certain teams where they seem to be more comfortable without the ball or they look to try to play transitions like Leinster look to try and do that a bit, a fair bit where they kick the ball away to generate transition opportunities. I thought at the start of the season that we were going to go down that route, but we 100% have not. We, we are not a counter-transition team, as you might typically understand. We did kick more against the Stormers. I feel we will kick more in this game also, but it, we're not a team who kick a whole ton like um, you might expect from you know like the way Leinster do with with long kicks we box kicked quite a bit in this game against the the Stormers last time out will we do that here I'm not sure but you look at the way we're building is to we want to hang on to the ball when teams kick the ball to us as a way of managing their own cardio or getting their own system in place we just don't give the ball back to them that's the idea and you look at the the guys who we've recruited like bringing in Nankivell when Munster could have just gone, okay, look, we'll replace him with Sean O'Brien, who we have been interested in and signed and announced there during the week. We could have just gone with him, who's actually a, a really good player. Like, he's 6'1", he is around about 100kg. He's a good carrier, but he's well-balanced. Like, he's a guy who's got a decent range of skills. We could have just gone, okay, look, we'll replace Fekitoa with him, because once it became clear that Fekitoa didn't really have a, a future at Munster, that came down to then well we're going to have to do something about that guy's contract that was sorted out and then you're looking at a replacement when we decided to go with Alex Nankivell which I mean like our ability to recruit where we needed to be recruited is limited so if you've got dispensation to sign someone more than likely a back you'd look at that spot and go okay look we've got Nankivell um, he's a guy who gives you so much of the sort of well-rounded skill set that we want in that outside back line but his management of possession is really good he's a guy who gives you a whole ton of options with regards to going on deep multi-phase sets because he's got that skill set where he can play in a number of different spots in the back line and not just lining out with 12 or 13 or 11 on his back because he can he can do all of those but his ability to play all of those means he's a very balanced player which means that you will find him he will be out on the wing 
he will be in a position where he's the you know the the first receiver he's a guy who's kind of a deep lying playmaker he can do all of those roles and like Munster when we're looking to recruit guys when you see us getting a guy like that it tells you that we want to play with the ball we do not want to give the opposition a whole lot of ball to play with and when you look at how we played at the breakdown against the Sharks is it really that much of a surprise that we lost control of that game so decisively um, we kept handing them back the ball from our primary method of playing which means that the transitions that we handed over to them were incrementally more dangerous I think in an environment where a lot of defensive teams are moving away from the jackal so to speak because it's, it's harder and harder I mean some referees will reward them some won't but it's harder and harder to win clean breakdown steals now you're just looking at the number that were that, that were awarded during the Six Nations high intensity games a lot of teams are kind of they're staying away from the ruck now so like because again the injury risk is huge for defensive players at, at the breakdown so they will go for obvious line out or, or obvious um, ruck openings where the, you know the opposition team have made a mistake or whatever else but what you don't see is guys going well we're going to pick a poacher his job now is going to go out there and to poach and teams who you do see playing that type of player I think they're they're missing out now. Like I think they're they're like you know look at you look at I think it was Rafael Tommy Rafael against Leinster. He got one or two breakdown steals, but like as in realistically, like you're nearly better off picking a guy who's got a more of a second row type profile these days than going for somebody who's a you know a, a specialist you know small forward who might be a heavy poacher. You can't really just be that guy anymore. You've got to have a lot more in your job. And I know that I know that Tommy Rafael isn't just a poacher, but it feels like in the modern game that you're probably not going to be rewarded all that much if you've got a big defensive breakdown po- um, focus, especially if you're playing off ball. So when you look at a team like the Sharks, they have a lot of heavy guys. What they did really well last time out is not necessarily do a whole ton of poaching, but you look at the... I think you look at the the way that the Sharks counter-rucked. You looked at the way that they gave us our ruck possession. So we got the ruck, we got the ball, but then made the movement of the ball after the ruck a lot more dangerous and a lot more risky for us to play with. When you mix that into the conditions and the state of the pitch, I don't think we looked as bad when it came to our passing, especially off, off, off 9 and, and 10 where everything just seemed a little bit rushed and look they, they had great they had good moments but that comes back to the pressure that's being exerted at the breakdown as well i think to an certain extent i think craig casey might have got the blame for some of the breakdown work that happened in that sharks game sometimes and look there was a few poor decisions but you look at the the pressure that's being put on those lanes of of actually getting access to the ball and moving it pass quality wasn't great that day and that's normally a big strength to craig casey's but you look at the the physical approach of the Stormers where they made it so difficult and look to be honest having looked back at the game now nearly five or six times because I had to do it for my um, my run through the breakdown yesterday as well some of those could have been monster penalties for guys going off their feet but look you're dealing with Wayne Barnes here so you've got to play Barnes ball but that's something I think for Munster here that we need to be onto the referee early it's Mike Adamson so like Mike Adamson does not like off-ball rugby like Anytime that Munster have been refereed by this guy, um, if you try to play off ball and look for poaches, he punishes you. Um, so look, and, and thing is with Adamson, 
like that can be true but then he can just flip the script as well like but with this guy like again the very I'm gonna go to say lol so random referee but when, when it comes to some of his decision making he's a very hard guy to time and get a read on but one of the things that I've seen as being a constant is you don't want to play off ball rugby like, um, when Mike Adamson is a referee last time out the Sharks were really successful in off-balling us so I think there's going to be I think with Peter Romani here there's a big big focus for him in making it very clear that the likes of Thomas Atoy the likes of Mbonambi the likes of Inche the likes of uh, Shitsuka these guys are spoiling our possession they're going off their feet that they're counter-looking but they're, then they're going off their feet they've got to be very very clear on that to Adamson because he typically has shown that he likes the team who play on ball rugby we can't afford to be defending for long sequences against these guys who are looking for breakdown penalties we'll get the odd one but you don't want to make that a part of your game against these fellas because they're big they're physical and like what they will lack we'll say in complex attacking structures they make up for the fact that they've got fantastic athletes like you look at their back line uh, Makazola Mapimpi Ben Tapuai Lucanio Am great I mean outstanding one of the best players in the world Werner Koch and, and Bota Chamberlain Werner Koch is a very physical powerful runner um, he's a guy who like you look at his I, I suppose his, his impact literally on transition was a big big factor for um, for um, the Sharks in the previous game that we played against them a couple of weeks ago so like we've got to kick very very accurately not necessarily long to him because we do not want to give this guy any sort of big run up because he wins collisions he just runs incredibly fast he's explosive but he rides collisions very well also so you might meet him on that transition defensive line with a big shot but he's got the momentum and power to go past you so look he's he's very very dangerous that way our kicking will have to be I, I, I like looking at it looking at the way we played last time out I think we have to pull our kicking way back we have to try and get these guys and attack these guys in the air because um, look my pimpy's great in the air offensively but what we want to try and do is get him defensively we got a good bit of, we got a bit of purchase off that last time out so we want to try and do that again here I would say but we want to try and pressure them positionally and get at them there rather than giving them long transition runbacks because when we did that last week or the last game against them a couple of weeks ago we struggled and they got that possession and they can play very very direct and like Again, look, we're not going to get a whole ton of off-feet penalties by these, from, from, like from Adamson for these guys. So whoever has the ball here will be in big control of this fixture. We have to control it. We can't give them the sort of counter-rucking um, nuisance factor that we had last time out. We've got to be patient. I think last time out as well, I think we played a little bit too much rugby at times. Our pass per carry ratio was around 1.4, which is typical for the season. This time out, I think, pulling it back a small bit, in and around 1.3, play a little bit more direct, make them defend. Because, like, again, look, with Adamson as the referee, we will get a bit of leeway at the breakdown. We have to. We have to be super physical with them here. Like, one man cleans, if possible, yes. But there's no shame here at all in trucking it up off nine and punishing guys at the breakdown, making them stay out of it. Because, ultimately, what I spoke about last time out with the Sharks was, is that if we can get them moving and defending long multi-phase sets there will be holes and like last time out uh, uh, Noche had a fantastic game unbelievable as a small forward defensive coverage guy he was plugging a whole ton of gaps but though we did not cover ourselves in glory with our ball retention as I've, as I've been saying so we really need to overload him 
we need to make sure he's making bad reads in defense and bad folds because bad folds happen to the Sharks team. It happens all the time in the same way that it does with the Stormers. They're a big, heavy team. Like the likes of Enche, the likes of Mbonambi, the likes of Detoy, like they have to make decisions. So like they have to make a decision on their fold. So where they're going, they're staying. So we have to make sure that we can run around and bounce um, those guys in between the 15 metre lines and look to try and pick open lanes being able to break off nine is going to be hugely important look for Connor Murray to try and snipe these guys around the fringes offload to a runner going through we've been looking for that against the Stormers we look for it again here because they are they are they are weak to that like if they're going to overly compress on the breakdown and again this will be where I think it'll get interesting because if you think the, the Sharks having reviewed this game like they would have reviewed the last game against Munster as well they would have seen the lanes they left open they left open a ton of lanes but that was a a, a side effect of how hard they went after the breakdown they would go after two maybe sometimes even three guys would be stuck there and really giving a hard time at the counter rook there's risk in that though because if Munster can get that ball away clean and get it beyond the really hard blitz coming on the third you know from the third defender out just huge space outside massive space on the outside and that's when the likes of Lacanio Am has to come up with a big read but there's only so much the guy can read so like for Munster like and I think for the Sharks as well there's a big onus on getting your decision making right there will they go back to the same strategy knowing that we know that they fucked us up there and that we'll likely respond in kind like if we start to you know, over you know, over support our rocks where you've got maybe two or three guys going in there. All of a sudden, the sharks might start timing us on the outside, where we're getting hit with an outside blitz, and we're almost kind of we're, we we're, we've got nowhere to go. So we're trying to pass the ball, but we can't get it beyond ten or beyond twelve. Like that's going to be the the other side of it. What will the sharks react to? What worked for them in the last game? So that's going to be a huge factor. The other factor is going to be Munster's lineout and Munster's defensive mall. There's no way you can look at that game in that third quarter in particular and say that Munster did not uh, defense from a defensive perspective cover themselves in glory with regards to the lineout or our mall D was really really poor when we gave them access at the breakdown. And like this is something I think it's important as well to get over is that. Like our breakdown performance against the the Stormers was so much improved from the previous week, even though we didn't have as much possession. So when we account for the possession change, we're right in that zone of around 450 when it comes to your offensive, your combined offensive ruck work score for your entire team. You'll see this with Ireland. You'll see this with any team really that plays a lot of possession rugby. Ireland, when Ireland are doing very, very well, are north of 450-500. When we beat the big teams, we hang on to the ball, we punish teams at the breakdown, we got multiple, multiple rocks. They're all supported, and that means that you've got a constantly resetting off sideline. It means that your your, your your playmakers have multiple rocks to strategize over, which Ireland are very, very good at doing. For Munster, we're a slightly different team with regards to we need more rocks, like because Ireland, the sweet spot for, for beating most not, we'll say outside of the likes of France the All Blacks and, and maybe the Springboks the, the the number for Ireland is way lower because Ireland kicked the ball a lot more than, than, than Munster do because we hang on to the ball so much relatively speaking we need more rucks and we need to be more accurate at the ruck as a result when our combined offensive ruck work score goes below um, 400 
and when we've got a high possession rate that's when we lose games all bar one uh, where we had a big big second half against Glasgow but we lost it in the first half where we had so unbelievably poor um, breakdown work because um, you can score this like uh, I've had a few people asking me after I put the work rate article out today for all, all subscribers um, about how do I how do I um, market well for me a dominant clean which I mark with three points is something that dominantly wins possession and speeds up the ball or prevents the ball from being stolen when it's about to be okay so that's something is I, I mark very very highly that's you know decisive impactful breakdown entries guard actions are kind of like when you'll see Josh van der Fleer do this a lot because he's really good at this where he just creates the rook where he comes in and basically snaps down on the ball carrier there's not necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, a chance of the ball being stolen but he just prevents it from being stolen and creates the offside line so that's something that you'll often see guys who get a high score when it comes to a whole ton of guard actions they're guys who are typically really good readers of the game so they don't necessarily have to come in with high impact high speed clear outs they're reading where the game is going and they're sort of just you know uh you know popping up in the middle of the field snapping a lock in place there snapping a rock here snapping a rock there and it's all very composed and calm um then you have attendances which i mark with one point which you could mark with zero but there is a function to guys you know adding their weight to a rock to stop it from getting counter rocked like that can turn into a guard action if it's if it's sufficiently good but there is value also in being that guy who extends the rock for a box kick like that might not seem like a big deal but it is something that is a value so i mark it as such and then i mark ineffective entries as being like the question is what are you doing there is the first one like so did you need to be in that rock what i don't why i rate down guys who might be the first attendant get like so i don't go on who's the first guy there like for me being first at the rook means nothing it's what did you do because you'll often see guys and i see this at ireland where guys who get fierce amount of praise for being first at the rook actually don't make any positive difference to the ball at all they either miss the, the the defender like where they're looking to try and blow the defender off the ball they miss him completely or they come in and they go off their feet and like off their feet in a way because like i only judge it in is it effective in winning the ball so going off your feet is a penalty right but if you go off your feet and you don't get the guy who's in danger of stealing the ball that's an ineffective entry to me then you have guys who can see anytime you can see the penalty out there ineffective entry because you've been caught doing something or perceived to be doing something and i mark you down as a result it is outcome based right so if you are not penalized for a dangerous rock entry i mark that as a dominant clean but if you're penalized for it that's minus two points so i feel with that you get a good read on what are you actually doing and what are you actually producing of value at the breakdown because for me a first entry or a second entry like who cares if you're the first there if you didn't do anything useful like that's like showing up to the party first and not bring any booze with you so it's like that to me is 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 how i mark it and when you start tracking that over a season you can see well who are the key guys here for producing the sort of rock performances that win you games and peter manny for ireland is a really really high level rock guy and like you look at for munster the last two weeks he hasn't had those same numbers gavin coombs has 
Gavin Coombe seems to have changed his role a little bit over the last couple of months, where he has gone from being a power forward, mainly a carrier, to being a guy who is far more ruck focused now. So he carries, yes, but he's far closer now to Dwayne Vermeulen's role at Ulster than what he was even at the start of the season, where he's still carrying the ball, but not at the same level of volume. Now, that might change in this game, given that we're without RG Snayman, because the last two times we've seen Coombs take on this role has been when Snayman has been on the field. So we're going to see if we're, if that's going to change up here with, with, the, with the monster selection. But, like, that's what I mean when it comes to, like, marking down these, these, these rock numbers. And when you look at um, what monster typically do when we win, you can get an idea of, well, if that's the score that we do when we win or play well even, because sometimes you can play well and still lose, you can get a baseline. Well, this is the numbers that we have to hit to look to try to win a game. And you can break that down per quarter. And then you can start to see, as the games go by, the ebb and flow of where Munster's rock worker or Ireland's rock worker, whoever, starts to fall down. Or when we play well, this is what our ruck work looks like. So looking at that game against the Stormers, I knew that our ruck work would be higher because you can even see it during the game. We were retaining the ball better. And when Munster retained the ball, our system starts to work. So there's a direct correlation between successful um, and effective ruck work, high possession, high tempo, and Munster winning games. So you can see how a game was lost through what happens at the breakdown it's so important ridiculously important and you can just see so much of the game by looking at that score and and looking at what the output for players is there and like we didn't get it right against the Sharks we got it badly wrong like is in our combined rock work score for that game was as bad as the opening game of the season against Cardiff where we were fucking destroyed at the breakdown but you look at this game and go the Sharks game were we destroyed at the breakdown we didn't give up a whole ton of um of 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 jackal penalties for example but we were ineffective and we constantly produced ineffective pictures and slow rocks which means that our, our game didn't work and that means when we're not playing at pace and we're not able to stitch a whole ton of rocks together we get pieced up in defense against a team like the, 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 the sharks as they were able to control where we played the game so for monster we need pace we need tempo we need accuracy but like i was saying there before i got onto this tangent our mall work needs to be so much better. Our line-out work needs to be so much better. This is the problem of missing RG Snayman as well. And I think that last time out against the Sharks, I think we over-competed in the air. I think that we looked at their system and thought, look, we've got Coombs, we've got Klain, we've got Snayman, we've got Omani. We've got there four guys who are four good counter-jumpers. We can take them on in the air. Some of the tries we conceded um, in the third quarter we overcompeted in the air and look there is a risk and reward you get up you steal the ball you're great if they take the ball down they've got the weight and size to just plow through us as they did in, in that third quarter so like I suppose you could look at it and saying look we, we, we need to not give them access which is fine but I think we may need a, a kind of a tweak in strategy with regards to how we manage that particular area of the game as well because ultimately you've got to come back as well what is our aim here we want to win we want to get a bit of revenge on these guys perfect look that's all true but at the bare minimum we need one point we got a a bonus point win last week which was great which was I think more than I think anybody could have looked at and, and, and said was a reasonable expectation going into that game look I always felt we could win it 
But to win with a bonus point, I'm, I, like, I didn't think that that was going to be very likely. Where we are at the moment is we are currently four points ahead of Connacht. They've got a tricky away game to, to, to Glasgow. One point would be enough to take us out of range of the, the Vodacom Bulls. And as long as Connacht don't win with a bonus point would be enough to secure us fifth and an away quarterfinal more than likely against Glasgow. Now, we are currently um, five points behind Glasgow, but they have two more wins than us. So for me, it's like the bonus point win would be great. It would put a bit of manners back on the Sharks, which I think we need to answer as a club. But what we need here is a point to be more than sure of of, uh, staying out of the range of Connacht, who are four points behind us. Um, we have a a better points difference. So look, I think a point would do us bar some freaky result up in Scotstown. But that's going to be the big factor for me is um, keeping an eye on what we need from this game to make sure that we, we, we have a playoff run coming. But to make sure we get Champions Cup rugby next year because that means you've got your budget sorted. That means you've got that little bit of extra money you know you're coming in so you can budget a little bit better as a result. As far as I'm aware, Munster are going to be looking at contract stuff very, very early. Um, You know, with the World Cup looming as well, that's going to be happening over the summer. So, like, you look at what we're dealing with going forward, it's going to be, I think for me, um, just making very smart business decisions, okay? Making sure that we are getting what we need out of this game and, like, if it's a win, great. But making sure that whatever happens, we get that bonus point, be it finishing within seven or getting four tries. I think four tries is actually very, very doable against this team. They're not the best defensive unit, the Sharks team. And look, they're scrapping as well. Like, behind them, uh, you've got... um, well, actually, no, they can't finish. They're finishing in the top eight now, regardless. So they want to finish higher up, obviously. They want to get Champions Cup rugby as well. So they're going to be scrapping with the Bulls and they're actually going to be scrapping with Connacht also. So, like, for Munster, that win last week was colossal for our season and a point will do. But, you know, I think looking at how we manage it, that's going to be the the, the key part of it. Um, Munster's team for this one. Um, not a whole lot of changes from last week something staying the same um, Mike Haley Calvin Nash Antoine Frisch Malachi Fikatoa Shane Daly Jack Crowley Conor Murray thought they played well enough last week I don't have a massive issue without any of those guys starting again because um, that's a settled enough unit um, and I think it's kind of when you play well you stay on I think that seems to be um, how they're running it at the moment so you know I, I can't say that that's a wrong way to do things in the front row, Jeremy Lockman, Dermot Barron, Stephen Archer, all three of these guys had a really big game last week. Uh, Dermot Barron and Lockman were very effective. Stephen Archer was a fucking revelation. He's been outstanding. His breakdown work, his physicality, his scrummaging last week was outstanding. The lock he got on Stephen Kitchoff, it'll be needed here uh, against uh, against Oxen Che, who's a different type of scrummager. He's shorter. He's a little bit more nuggety. Archer has had trouble with guys like that before, so we're going to see how he manages that. But, um, yeah, he's playing very, very well. Will the scrum be a big factor here with Adamson? You never know. You never know. It's hard to tell. Like, it could be a thing where he plays everything when the ball's at the back, or he fucking punishes you. Who knows? The Sharks will have an advantage here, I feel, but our scrummaging last week was very, very strong. Jeremy Lockman, in particular, was very, very effective. His ability to lock out his side on Franz Malherbe for 67 fucking minutes was very, very good. And he has come back with a bang, um, but looks physically in good nick as well. Heavy, 
and what I think and I, I, like I've got an article coming on the scrum as well that I'm going to add on in to reference this game and also the previous Sharks game was how conservative we scrummaged against the Stormers and sometimes when you over compete on the scrum where you're looking to try to win penalties you can give up angles I think what Jeremy Lockman did very very well in, in that game last week against uh, Malherba who's a destructive scrummager in not in the same way that Detroit is or that Carlusadi is but like what he gave up was nothing he didn't give him any angles he just locked out his end and just prevented Malherba from getting a, a, an angle by just refusing to engage in it so we weren't looking to try and drive them off their ball or off our ball we weren't giving them that sort of momentum where sometimes you can take a slip inside to try and go forward and end up getting pumped we decided we weren't going to do that our scrummaging was very conservative but effective as a result which means that we had a stable enough platform to play off and we've got to be careful of going after fool's goal against these guys as well because they're a good scrummaging unit so like if you get an angle on a Thomas the Toy leave it leave him let him go onto an angle you lock it out and when we can get that platform to play off we have the structure to hurt them but if we're going if we're chasing after them too much there they will pump us in the second shove and now they won't be as strong without Etzebeth or uh, or uh, is it Van Heerden the other guy like they won't be as strong there but they're still going to be fucking effective so we've got to be very very careful there um, in the back five Clane Witcherly Peter Romani Kendallin and Coombs um, Witcherly uh, gets to start here again he was very good off the bench last week physical aggressive over the edge at times that's what we need from Finine. Uh, Cam Finine. Uh, I can't say I'm too enamored with that guy uh, Finney Witcherly when he plays right over the edge good player very very good player and he's going to be an important fella for us here we need to keep the line out as simple as it was against the, 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 the Stormers we don't want to overly compl- complicate that was name and call the line out last week we need to stick with that simplicity that we had uh, in that game because when we do that we have a mall that can hurt teams when we get overly complex the likes of Krobler the likes of um, Shitsuka they will get up they will hurt us in the air we can't be too cute there um, you look at Klain 16 start in a row this guy he is a tank he is a fucking monster he is one of the best signings monster I've ever had he's just so consistently good he did have a bad game against the Star- against the Sharks last time out, but I think with a slight tweak in role this week, we might see more of him at the breakdown. He was carrying a lot with Snaman last time against the Stormers. Whether we'll have Finine running those same lines, I'd be surprised, but we'd have to wait and see. Um, but I think Clean this week, scrummaging breakdown, will we get eighty minutes out of him? I don't know. On the bench, we have. Scott Buckley, Josh Richardley, Keenan Knox, Edwin Adogbo, Jack O'Donoghue, Craig Casey, Ben Healy, Keith Earls. Casey, Healy and Earls, I felt all did well off the bench last week. Uh, Casey had a big impact on getting that bonus point. Uh, Healy was just really, really good too. Earls looked sharp. He looked sharp like the guy who we saw in the last even two seasons ago. He looked agile. He looked like, again, a guy who could make breaks and, and finish him. So we'll see how he goes here. He's in line for his 200 cap and he will surely get it. Um, but you're looking there at... at Jack O'Donoghue, great game. Off the bench last week, very physical. Um, at the breakdown, again, which is so important to us. But uh, Edogbo is a guy I'm very excited to see. Had an outstanding start to the season. He was coming back from an Achilles injury. Now, Achilles injuries in, in rugby are a pain, literally and figuratively, where they tend to have a lot of knock-on injuries afterwards, where 
you might find your ankles goes or your calf goes and like that's just one of those things you've just got to you've just got to get over them now he had a, a calf injury and an ankle injury that kind of took him out for a bit of time after an outstanding start of the season and for me one of the best breakdown performances from a young player I've ever seen against the Bulls um, should he come off the bench here which he almost surely will um, physicality let him show that intelligence of the breakdown that intelligence at the line out but that physicality to knock guys back he is a very special player and I think that if he's allowed to develop with a bit of time there's a proper proper guy there this is a big challenge for him because the Sharks are going to be big and big, big, big and physical but Edwin Dogbo is big and physical so he's got nothing to fear off nobody on that pitch absolutely nobody um, because when he will become the player who I feel he will become very few players will have anything for him I truly believe that. Um, so yeah, look, you look at that pack. We need a big game from Omani. He had a quite enough game against the Sharks last time out. He was good against the Stormers. We need to go up a level again now. Um, and I, th- I think it'll depend on our our carrying rotation. How will it change when Snayman's off the field? Because we've seen uh, Omani get on the ball an awful lot over the last couple of weeks. I think if we pull our pass per carry game back, so we're not doing 1.4 maybe we go to a 1.3 or 1.2 I think you'll see Peter Armani more at the breakdown I think that's where we can start to hang on to the ball against these Sharks and tire them out a little bit they don't want to be defending for 10-11 phases where the ball is moving multiple different uh, phases of possession and different areas of the field we don't want they don't want they don't want to defend that way we want them to defend that way so it depends on how we're going to do it because when you look at a high pass per carry sequence right it means you've got a ruck and you might have one two three four passes before somebody carries into the line and hits you know gets tackled and there's, there's a ruck created so i think we might see Munster pull that back a little bit to play a little bit more conservatively and if we can do that successfully i think that that sharks will struggle to get the sort of purchase on our breakdown they got last time out and if we can get our collective offensive ruck ruck work score in and around the 420s and 430s I truly believe we will win this game but easier said than done so much easier said than done I'm going to be back with TRK excuse me TRK Radio after this uh, game uh, in my noodle studio which I'm sitting in right now um, on um Saturday evening after this game once it's done uh, do keep an eye out for Young Munster and um, Clontarf and Terenure versus Carcom which are on irishrugby.ie you can pay to stream those but the stream is going to be of the highest quality I think it's like 7 euro something like that they're going to be two really really good games that are going to be on before this one so um, do keep an eye on those and tune in if you can because they're really really exciting games and the AIL this season has been at the highest quality so thank you very much for joining me thank you very much for being a tier K subscriber I really really do appreciate it I will talk to you again very very soon.